Hi, this is Andy Brewer once again with the Northwest AHEC Healthcare Insights Podcast. And I have what uh, I don't even know if he knows it, but he's my first returning guest to the podcast. And I'm just thrilled to be here sitting down with my friend and fellow Ultimate player, Thomas Reed. He's a licensed clinical social worker. He is a co-director and business development director at Carolina Outreach. And he is also an author of Task, Performance-Based Communication, um, which is sweeping the nation by storm, and so is Tom traveling around. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you've been up to. Now we're sweeping Winston-Salem by storm, <laughs> and I am pumped to be here. i got to tell you, super excited, and thank you for having me back. Well, I, I appreciate it, and since we last talked, I mean, you're you, this probably one of the most profound impacts of, of all the podcasts I've done to date was just sitting talking with you and learning about task and and some of the concepts involved and i've really started to incorporate them in my day-to-day journey on my personal growth and and professional growth and i appreciate you know that's a great launching off point if you want to go there like i'm not here to interview you i get it but if you're cool with starting with i know why i'm here today for the second time and i know what i want to talk about but if it's cool with you i'd like to start with why you asked me to come back well i well i like you for one you and i'm fun <laughs> you're, you're, you're a fun person to be around and your your, your enthusiasm is infectious mm-hmm. and i always love surrounding myself with with people who help me in my personal growth journey. But. but you know a lot of people like that. So the question is, why'd you do it? Why there's something happening in you, there's some energy, you're like, I want to come back to this. Well, yeah. I, 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 you know, taking the task model and mm-hmm. applying it in my professional life and personal life has, I've seen a, a big change. And, you know, I've, we've talked a little bit about Ruiz's four agreements and mm-hmm. other models mm-hmm. of, of or rules to live by let's say development personal development Mm -hmm. personal growth and task is a very simple model in that you know it's easy to remember the Mm -hmm. the acronyms um and before we go any further let me let me ask it interject in case some people come in and and out of these things Mm -hmm. one minute 10 minutes 30 minutes who knows how long they stay in I'd love to share that Task is the book. It's Task Performance-Based Communication, and you can get it on Amazon. Just plug it in there. Get it. What I tell people is read it. Get what, at least one thing out of it so you won't call me and ask for your $14 back. <laughs> Just get one thing out of it. I guarantee you'll get that one thing. And then if you want, don't tell anybody, but just get, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. But give somebody the book. Just give it to them. Just share it, whatever. Like You're not supposed to do that. But, mm-hmm. I, it, but listen, this I'm on a mission and this revolution has started years ago. Maybe we'll get to the etiology of that. But right now, focusing on you mm-hmm. and your development, I just wanted to interject that. Mm-hmm. So task is, in addition to being a model, it, it is a set of four tools. And so as we get into the conversation, mm-hmm. I want to make sure people are clear at home that there are four tools. And that's what differentiates it from the the, the wonderful work of Ruiz, the work of Malcolm Gladwell. All these people are, are talking about social observations and things that, that uh, you can do uh, and observe about yourself. But at the end of the day, if you want to make continuous positive improvements in your life, you have to have a set of tools to create a new schematic that you can develop. And so really, that's what this conversation is today. 
Right. Well, and to answer your question a little better is why I have you back. I mean, I find it popping up in so many situations where the task model, the task tools Mm -hmm. apply. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, in all my conversations and all the things I'm trying to relate to healthcare and the health of our community, a lot of those uh, come back to social connection mm-hmm. and how do we get better at socially connecting? Mm-hmm. We have to communicate and how do we become better communicators? Mm-hmm. We look for uh, ways and tools in which we can examine ourselves and what makes us effective communicators mm-hmm. and also what allows others to want to communicate with us. It's one thing to mm-hmm. go out and just start spilling your life story mm-hmm. to someone and they're going to be like looking around like uh this person's a little weird <laughs> a little tmi kind of thing but but to really open up and share and and, and incorporate uh you know com- authentic communication yeah. with and people. i want to get to some macro stuff with you mm-hmm. but before before we depart before I let you off the hook, I want to get down to the micro for you. What were some of the changes? You had this conversation with me. You were exposed to task. You looked at the material. And then things started shifting for you in your life. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did you do it? How did you use the tools? And then and then lastly, how did the people around you, like your significant others, how, how did they observe you evolving? Yeah, well, great question. And uh, one of the most two, – two profound mm-hmm. things that came out of our – conversation last time was the uh, notion of looking for the good intention, mm-hmm. assuming good intention and separating the intention from the behavior. That to me ah. was the, simplifying that and being able to communicate with my children, mm-hmm. communicate with significant others and mm-hmm. friends and family with looking for the intention first and assuming that there's good in that before I go try to correct behavior. Wow, which that's you. That's the big one, right? That's it's funny big. you did that because you went right for the shiny object, <laughs> which is cool. Like you went for the thing that you're like, okay, this is the sharpest tool in the tool set. And, and I want to continue down that path with you. But I will share with you that if you were to say to me, Tom, what do you think the mo- of the four tools, which, which we'll uh, talk more about, the, 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 we'll talk about the first one, the T in task is treat everyone with dignity and respect and the caveat being the most important part being at all times. So there's a consistency that's important if you're going to be an effective communicator, which is what this conversation is about. Uh, so I would say to me and in my 30 plus years in the helping profession and in, as a business leader as well, that treating people with dignity and respect, if you start there and you stay there, it tends to guide you seamlessly through all the other tools, including the second one, which is assuming positive intent. Mm-hmm. It makes it more natural. Mm-hmm. If, however you get there, whether you start with assuming positive intent, which is a which is an expression of respect, mm-hmm. either way you get there, it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think at all times is important because we it's critical. do... It's it, critical. It's critical. When I train people and I do seminars... I, I cajole people. I tell them, I don't care if you haven't slept last night. It doesn't matter. What matters is you get the repetition of that quality. The, the person on the other end of your communication, they mm-hmm. care. Yeah. They care how you're treating them. Right. And at the end of the day, I'll layer in for you that the 
that what I like to say is the, the enemy, the enemy of effective communication is power struggles. Well, yeah, and that's what the next thing I was going to get to was the notion of illusory superior. Sure. And in I've used that example that you gave okay. in the healthcare comp. Uh, I wish I came context. up with, with that with that theory of literary superiority. <laughs> it, it, you know, and I, I should have wikied it and had some of the material with me because I give credit to who's you know credits due. Yeah. That theory is is a rock star of a theory. It's right. driving everything that we're seeing in human behavior. Well, right. And, and we, you know, in the healthcare context, it's so important because we do have those power dynamics mm-hmm. at play mm-hmm. and that you, that's a high resolution example in the healthcare context where you have the physician saying, Hey, I want to see you back next Tuesday at 10. And the person is sitting there going, yes. And then in their mind, they're thinking, I ain't coming back. I, I don't know I, how to the, get here. I can't get the bus doesn't run on Tuesday, the bus doesn't yeah. run on Tuesday but I'm too afraid because yeah. of the t- power dynamics to, to say that. And I'll just not show up and not be compliant. Um, that that's good. And that that's, that's close. It, it's, it's, it's an expression of I'm too afraid. And another expression of that is it's important to me not to have conflict. Mm-hmm. It's important to me to have a collaborative, harmonious relationship with my healthcare giver. So therefore, I'm going to lie to him. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or yeah, that's or, what happens. And that, goes, that, goes, <laughs> that also goes into, uh, we, we talked about a little bit yesterday about the comfort, the discomfort. You know, people don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. And so they'll just not go anywhere that takes them down any discomfort. Right. So if they're un unsure uh, or not confident of their ability to have agency and to mm-hmm. express mm-hmm. what they need, then they'll just... Okay. Man, that is such a... You know, I want to drill down on that because that's a really good observation. Was it David Goggins mm-hmm. is a motivational speaker and he's a uh, former Navy SEAL. And if you're familiar with his work, you know, his, um, his MO is that get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I really mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, I think the thing is, yeah, is it, I think his idea, the thing is like, stay hard, stay hard. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately what he would be uncomfortable with is not staying hard mm-hmm. or whatever. So he did, what he did was he, was he repolarized the idea of being, being uncomfortable and made uncomfortable the new comfortable. Right, right. But this idea that people are avoiding things that make them uncomfortable, that's a great observation. But we want to really drill down to the core of that, which is what they are actively moving towards is some harmonious expression of their thoughts and behavior, which will take us right down to the um, the cognitive dissonance theory. Yeah. That people are, are wired. Leon Fassinger, if you, for those of you who like the references, People are hardwired to seek a harmonious arrangement between their thoughts or their beliefs and their behavior. And when one of those two things is in conflict, mm-hmm. they will actively, not passively, they may look passive to you because they're nodding at you and smiling and whatever. That looks passive, perhaps, but they're actively trying to figure out how to restore consonants. And they'll do that by changing a thought. Mm-hmm. Or changing your behavior, and that's the wild card in all this. How you? How do you know? Mm-hmm. How can you predict whether a person is going to change a thought or a behavior beforehand? You don't know. Yeah, that's the wild part of this. Yeah, that's why staying steady with using the four tools of task will take you through that 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 storm mm-hmm. that people go through. It'll become irrelevant. Their process is irrelevant as long as you're holding the task. Right, and I think that's important. I mean, what? When you said that, what immediately came to mind is is our political discourse in mm-hmm. these days in which you can predict 
when someone's going to get angry based on uh, poking holes or showing or shining light on some inconsistencies, maybe with their ideology or their sure. beliefs, and that creates that internal conflict. Sure. Is and, that not a, and that's not a power? Is that not a power struggle? Well, yeah, right? it is, and and I think the the at all times mm. is, is even more relevant because you can say okay i see you know this has definitely made you uncomfortable and let's examine that or or you know i'm not here to do that i'm here just to engage you in a dialogue and and uh, you know maybe you have an issue with what i'm saying but you know if you go on to the to attack me uh-huh. or to attack sources or what uh-huh. that but not address the the, the debate issue or the 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 uh, concept that I'm trying to get over, then I, I you know I have to approach that with very level headedness because I don't want right. to go back on the attack. Right, and here's the you know here's the to me is the ultimate challenge and the reason that I wrote the book and the reason I do these these podcast tours and and speaking engagements is if you had a, a set group of people all communicating and there's one or two, whatever number of people aren't communicating on the same schematic, meaning uh, demonstrating respect mm-hmm. or, or listening, you know, using, then you have a breakdown and you have this, this inherent conflict. And so really the, the idea is to, to just raise the entire sea level of mm-hmm. effective communication because if you don't get to everybody, mm-hmm. then, the, the, then people pierce that, that, that bubble. And... Um, I fear that I'm not being very articulate in, in saying that uh, right now, but I'm hoping that we get that to that point through maybe some other examples. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I like to stay with the healthcare um, context yeah, because it's so important to what we're doing here and and what what I do in my professional. And may life. I ask when you when you say healthcare, are you most interested in talking about the healthcare professionals that deliver a service or the healthcare recipients, otherwise known as patients or consumers of those services? I think both. I think both. I mean, our okay. main constituency is the providers, the professionals in all the disciplines, because we deliver education okay. to them to help them better their quality of delivering the services that they deliver to patients. Are you hearing a theme from them about things they're interested in getting better at since, it's, since you're, you're managing like a training protocol? Well, I, I think, well, I mean, the biggest one is motivational interviewing, I think, in, in that um, lifestyle yeah. modification for obesity, for hypertension, for diabetes, for opioids, mm-hmm. for any other kind of addiction mm-hmm. that we have, um, and, and you know, it could, it could mm-hmm. be dysfunctional relationships. Right. But I think that's why I think this model, mm-hmm. the tools and tasks are so right. important because effective communication is so critical in mm-hmm. getting through both from a provider to patient and a patient to provider dialogue. It. You know, with motivational interviewing, you can you can take a a recipe and use a schematic. And uh, do very well with it. MI is fantastic. Now, if you are, um, let's just, um, without pointing fingers at anyone, anyone, if you're mailing it in, in other words, you are, you are on the playbook and you're asking the questions, you're doing what, what, what you've been trained to do, but in your heart, you're thinking, this person is a shit show, <laughs> right? This person, is, I believe that I am doing a great job as a clinician or a, a practitioner, and I believe this person is going to walk out my office and use again tonight, right. whether it be alcohol or drugs or, or food. Uh, food choices. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's, you know, and so, you know, and what we're really talking about there is a little bit of compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the warning 
that the alarm bell that I ring for healthcare professionals, and I, I often train licensed um, clinicians, therapists, the alarm bell is watch out for that because that can creep up on you. And before you know it, you're starting to have your own internal narrative that's off task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the internal narrative is interesting. I mean, one of the the well, you mentioned David Goggins, and I just listened to him on Rich Roll's podcast. Okay, cool. and, and then uh, it was a Zach. Uh, I can't remember what his name was, but he was on there too, and he's he talked about you know reexamining your narrative, your story. Let's go this, with this for a little bit because internal. One of the reasons that I'm excited to come here is to really dive into this idea of in, internal narrative. What is it? How does it affect us? And how do we manage it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dive in. Well, I, I'm glad you brought up the clinician. You know, the compassion fatigue, and then you build up this narrative of, you know, and you basically go on autopilot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to uh, periodically. Uh, re- reflect on what is the story I'm telling over mm-hmm. and over as I meet mm-hmm. new people or I meet new patients. Um, is it still valid? Have I grown beyond that? Or is it just something I say because it backs up some belief I have about myself or about, you know, maybe uh, research or findings or, or the conventional wisdom that may have shifted mm-hmm. and changed or whatever it is. I mm-hmm. think that it's important to, 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 break down our story and see if we need to, you know, see, does it still hold true? Absolutely. The internal narrative, each person has their own internal narrative and, and it, and it's flexing and changing and evolving and morphing. And, and it's really, it's probably the reason why we're such a complicated mm-hmm. you know, species. So what I've done with task is try to give people tools that they can effectively manage their narrative because ultimately what you think dictates Mm -hmm. what you say and do Mm -hmm. and that's a cycle and then what you say and do can impact how you're feeling how your body feels how your mind is working so these tools are really a way for you to shape not just what you're saying and the words that are coming out of your mouth or the impact that you're having on other people is to shape your narrative. That's mm-hmm. the, the see the true magic of what you experienced with task and and the shift that you've seen with you has l- less to do with what you're saying to people and has more to do with happening in your head. And I know that you get that because I see you nodding and 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 I know that was part of your motivation for asking me to come back. And that's the shiny object. Mm-hmm. And what that really is, it's it's repetition. Is taking you, did you 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 look like a baseball player to me? Like, did you play baseball? Yeah. Like, isn't it funny? Quick sidebar. Isn't it funny that you can look at people and go, "Oh, that person was probably a baseball player." That person yeah. looked like you look like a baseball player. So you you'll understand that. It's like spotting ultimate players at the airport. <laughs> like, yeah, he's an ultimate player. Andy, not <laughs> everyone knows what ultimate is. Okay, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> ultimate frisbee. All right. Well, in terms of these repetitions, in terms of baseball. Everyone talks about, oh, you know, the differentiator in baseball is if you're hitting, you know, three balls, three three hits out of a ten, you, you're batting three hundred, you're a superstar. Like you're you're batting three hundred, you're making a couple of mil a year mm-hmm. as a professional baseball player. So that's you know thirty uh, percent. Failing seventy percent. So you yeah, well that's okay. Yeah, we, we, you know the, we, that that discourse has happened. Yeah. It, it, now, at uh, t- 
that's thirty percent. At twenty five percent, you're you're a barista at Starbucks. <laughs> you know, and I love the, I'm not knocking yeah. Starbucks or anything like that. So the, it's, the point is, it, it, it's infinitesimal the difference. But at the end, it's like a compass setting by degree. When you set that compass over time, yeah, yeah. you have time that you have space. So really, what what baseball players are seeking are quality swings at the plate. So rather than look at what's your batting average, three hundred, I'd rather I'd rather see an average of did you choose a good pitch to mm. swing at, right? right yeah. Did you choose a good pitch? And was your swing actually a quality swing? If that were a statistic, that's the number that I'd want to know mm-hmm. for baseball. With communication, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to go back to, I, and I hadn't thought about this very deeply, but mm-hmm. now that you, you bring it up, it, it seems very relevant that not only have I been using the tools in my communication with others, uh-huh. but it has allowed me to incorporate them in my communication, my internal dialogue. And yeah, I think that's, more. that's, well, that's important because mm-hmm. again, back to the narrative, back to questioning your story, because I'll say things now to someone that is like part of my rapport, like mm-hmm. getting to know someone new and I'll, I'll, I'll say something I've said over years and years. It's like part of my story. And, okay. and lately I've been like, is that really true? Mm. I mean, it's okay. true, but mm-hmm. is that part of who I am? Mm-hmm. Does that allow this person to know me in a way that sheds a positive light mm-hmm. or it makes me seem quirky or sure. unique mm-hmm. or, or what is it? Why am I doing mm-hmm. that? Is it is it a, a, an attempt at uh, at expressing superiority in mm-hmm. some way? You know, yeah. wh- and what I'll is tell, it? I will tell you for me, you know, interacting with you on these podcasts, you know, I get invited to these things and I'm choosy about who I say. I, I coach uh, CEOs. I coach business owners. I'm very choosy about who I work with. So for me, I will tell you, do you want to know the one? There's one reason why I'm here. Do you want to know what it is in I, terms of as it relates to you? I thought it was just because you, you like me. No, nope, <laughs> nope, it's a side thing. Okay. The, the one reason I'm here is because to me, and this is just, again, my narrative of, of, of hearing you. To me, you are articulating very well, very clearly, compassion for helping healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you want a broader impact on the, on the consumers, patients, and the system. I get that. But to me, that's what I've been hearing mm-hmm. from you, and I'm all about that. Yeah. Uh, in, whether it's healthcare professionals, police officers, teachers, whoever, that you know, the idea of articulating compassion and trying to help people improve their skills, sign me up. Well, it's like when you find something good. You <laughs> well, am I, am, I, am I wrong about no, that? No, not at all. Yeah, I okay, think you're dead all right. on. I think, I, think the, I haven't thought about it very, very acutely. But well, that's that, what you're, that's what, what, what you, the, that's the radar okay. ping that you're sending out. Okay, well, that's good. It's quality. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here, Some, aren't I? Passion, that's right. <laughs> and, and I appreciate it. Well, you know, and, and you know, Coming back mm-hmm. to you know have, wanting to share it is because we we're seeing a lot of dialogue um, in human resources and mm-hmm. and this whole you know just in general in society the whole diversity and inclusion and with that um, there's this underlying or maybe overarching uh, idea of bias both conscious and unconscious okay. and I shared this last time Go with ahead. you I uh-huh. thought that you know the task tools cut through that. You know, exactly. and I've been through some exactly. of these bias trainings, mm-hmm. this anti or bias sure. proofing mm-hmm. your workplace or bias proofing your own dialogue and mm-hmm. communication. And I just think that a lot of it, they're going about it wrong. They're trying, it's coming at you at a, at, with a negativity first right. to say, 
this is who you are and, and we're going to, we're going to change that. We're yeah. going to make you aware of it. And now we want you to change. And I just yeah. don't think that that's the right. It's a great, you know, it's a really shrewd observation because obviously no one's going to pick on someone who does a bias awareness training. It's kind of, exactly. but when people go to those trainings, they're going to say, Oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, understood. Thank you. That was a good primer. And then they go out and, and live their life and, 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 and the, and things happen. Yeah. You made them aware, but you didn't give them tools. Exactly. Now what I'm more obsessed about is the idea of, if people want to communicate effectively, and I say if because I'm ultimately paying homage and respect that people have to chart their own course in life. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, and I've worked for you know three decades working with highly troubled, resistant people uh, in varieties of settings, including people who have broken the law and so forth. And those people who often do what looks like an imitation of misbehaving and not really caring about what they do, they care. And they often want way more harmony in their lives than, than, than it looks like they do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so those people are, 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 are trying. And my attitude is if. So I'm ultimately, the, the, the empowerment is being expressed through this word if. If someone wants to communicate effectively, which is most people that's why they do what they do they want to get shit done like that's so if you want to do that then 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 at the risk of hyping the book which oh, uh, you, all you want. the 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 tools of task will like you said cut through your own internal bias it'll cut through what's happening in a room and the key is to identify that you're working on the skill and to just repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. I will tell you, I coach people at a very high level. And it, it's amazing to me how quickly people deviate mm-hmm. from their own mission statement, from their own schematic, when they maybe when they feel like they're wronged or, or whatever it is. So holding to task and, and shaping this internal narrative. And I, I'll say one more thing about this before I uh, get off my soapbox. <laughs> the, the, I'm, I, I've had this observation that as part of this, this narrative and shaping that people tend to be more comfortable articulating what they're anxious about mm-hmm. and what they don't want to happen as opposed to leading with their own passion or leading with their own positive intent. And the, and part of the key word there is trust. Mm-hmm. Like people, if they don't trust, What's happening in the room? They they're they're not as likely mm-hmm. to lead with their positive intent or their passion. So I want to encourage people: read the book, yeah. get the book, or if you're just listening to the podcast, interact with the material and practice, practice, practice. And and my challenge is: watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And if you like the traction, which is I think was your process, you took you looked at these concepts and you said, "Let me give this a, a swing at the plate," mm-hmm. and you started connecting with the ball. And you're like, wait a second, this thing's kind of cool. I'm going to do more of it. And you kept getting hits. Yeah. And you said, okay, now I'm getting positively reinforced. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it works. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned Rua's Four Agreements, and those are really good general platitudes, mm-hmm. but they don't give you the tools to use acutely. And I keep using that word acutely because sure. I find it um, very you know task comes up like i'll catch myself like yes wait, am that's I? it right there catch yourself yeah so, so i'll start on you know because yes. i got 52 years of of development um you know right or wrong but I, there are some things mm-hmm. that need improvement and then i'll i'll fall back into old habits with communication when i'm talking mm-hmm. to someone or discussing mm-hmm. something and i'm like 
wait, I'm, I'm starting to go down that path. And what is tainting that? It's, 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 I think I'm have a better idea or I, you know, I, but that's, you know, to, to come at it from this totem pole Mm -hmm. is, is, doesn't create effective outcomes. Right. And ultimately we're talking about alignment. Mm -hmm. We're talking about whether people can collaborate and, and, and even if you have quote the right idea, I mean, I think we can agree that as a human species, we're going to get more out of each other when we collaborate than, I mean, unless you're Stephen Hawking or someone who's truly like that unique, mm-hmm. then we really need to, 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 to work with each other. A good example uh, uh, is with, you know, I love them as long as you believe in the moon landing, which I, I do, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, this, the idea of well, how the heck we're we going to get a rocket out of our gravity into space, land on the moon and then get it back. And there was a real debate about mm-hmm. are we going to do an Earth orbit rendezvous mm-hmm. with the lander, and the, or are we going to do a lunar orbit rendezvous to get the people back, the astronauts back? And ultimately, the lunar orbit rendezvous is what they decided on. But that wasn't a foregone conclusion. The people were debating that. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, someone was saying, "No, you're wrong," and I'm right. There, yeah. there had to be this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so when you were having these moments of awareness recently, I'm wondering for you, like, what were some of the signals that you had in your head that you were like, oh, I'm off task here? Do you remember what some of that internal dialogue was? Well, I think, I think the, I mean, just certain words. That yeah, what were they? Out. That's what I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think in real time here what, what some of those words. I, I think it was just maybe the feeling that sure. some words that came Let out. Let me give you an example of someone I was coaching recently. They were in a meeting and their, um, their, their boss said, hey, we're gonna, this is the new plan. This is the, and their first reaction was that they shared with me was, I'm, uh, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to live up to this plan. And I asked them, I said, okay, that was your second thought. Please share with me your first thought. Mm-hmm. And she laughed. She said, yeah. They, my, I said, what was your first thought? She said, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. So oh, that mm-hmm. oh shit reaction is an anxiety reaction. Are you willing to replace that with your passion? Like why do people say oh shit? Because they want it to work. Mm-hmm. They want to perform. They want things to be successful. Are you willing to lead with that? And that was a turning point for her, the coaching. And it sounds like you've done that yourself. In your own internal narrative, you've identified, hey, this is ineffective. Um, and, it, and it's a cascade, too. That's what I warn people. When you start heading down that anxiety, which is natural to have anxiety, but when you when you propagate that versus your passion, it then cascades into a series of power struggles and negative interactions. Well, I think, I don't know if it was you and I that talked about this on the last podcast or so, somewhere mm-hmm. recently, um, and I think this is related to what you just said about mm-hmm. the, the, the first and second thoughts is, sure. is the, the, the uh, difference between choice, choices and decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, choices, having to make choices is very anxiety producing in a lot of people. It's like, okay. you know, they'd rather sit back and react to things that come at them to make decisions mm-hmm. and feel empowered. So in that situation, to, to slow it down, I would say that those people, it's important to them to be right. It's mm-hmm. important to them, and it'd be a question, not a statement. It's important mm-hmm. to you to have things work out correctly, and you think the best path and way to do that is to lay back and and watch what happens, and then make your decision. See, the, the a difference in that articulation versus oh, they're just kind of chilling back and waiting. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, I agree, and, mm-hmm. and I think, but I back to the the difference between mm-hmm. those two concepts sure. mm-hmm. and and seemingly they're the same but when you really unpack them okay 
the the decision is more reactive. Okay. And we, you know, as a fixer, you sure. know, I look for broken things. I love it. And when broken things come, I feel empowered I to it. decide what to help, you know, it, it, to help people decide what to do to fix that. To and piggyback on this, which I love where you're going with this, to, be, to piggyback, you know, I think some of the, the uh, colloquial uh, research is talking about that in any given day, mm-hmm. we're making, say, 30,000 decisions mm-hmm. a day. A lot of those are communication decisions. Mm-hmm. And they would, and this is where, even though I'm in the people business, I'm really a numbers guy. That's what drives a lot of mm-hmm. uh, my work. And so I think, okay, let's say you're amazing. as a, You're so effective as a communicator. Let's give you 98%. In baseball, you'd be making a billion dollars a year if you had 98% hits, okay? Right. So let's say you're 98%. You are amazing. That means 2% times 30,000. That's 600 times a day that you are screwing that up. Somehow, somewhere, you're either getting in a power struggle, you're irritating someone who then has a grudge against you and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. At best, you're being slightly ineffective. At best. Mm-hmm. 600 times a day. Right. So to me, th- that's where the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. So if you are at 98.5, 99, 99, it's that continuous improvement um, mindset mm-hmm. that, that that's that's what in terms of decision making and mm-hmm. choices that's what i encourage people to focus on yeah and you can get those repetitions like say today for the rest of the day if i say andy would you be willing to make it an absolute obsession to treat every person you come in contact with the utmost of dignity and respect that you can muster up and then at the end of today the end of the day make a note or in your head ask how did I do? Was I a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10? What was I? Yeah. That's the type of, of decision-making mm-hmm. that, that I like to encourage. Yeah. Well, and, and, and back to the difference, that's a choice we make to examine, to want to examine sure. that mm-hmm. and look at those 600 failures and say, right. how can I get to the next level? How can I make that 500 tomorrow and 400 mm-hmm. right. next week? Yeah. And then you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, yeah. the, the strive for more excellence. Like, I'll ask you, what do you need to let go of? Right. To, to get from 600 to 400 to 200 uh, ineffective. Well, what are you letting go of? But what comes to mind for you? Yeah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> How deep we want to go there? As deep as you are. <laughs> well, I, I think it's letting go of bad habits and, mm-hmm. and years of ways of, dealing with people and approaching uh, but communication. Let's, stick, let's stick down this bad habits thing because ultimately if we use the model, assuming positive intent, people are like making food choices. Mm-hmm. We've, it's easy to say that they're bad food choices. Mm-hmm. They're making food choices that are resulting in some negative mm-hmm. health outcomes, mm-hmm. but they're doing it for a reason that's positive intended. Yeah. Like people who smoke, they'll tell you, I yeah. know it's killing me, but Maybe. it makes me feel better right. right now. Right. Well, I mean, bad habits in that um, when you when you learn a new or you, you're shown and you see a concept like, again, illusory superiority, yeah. then you see how many, you, you know, that just a whole bunch of historical interactions I've had yes. came rushing back. And I was like, that is what it was. Okay. That's why it failed. Okay. Because somehow I thought I was coming at it from a place better than the person mm-hmm. I was speaking to. So and they were ineffective. Like they, they were, like, they were in, and the outcome was less than desirable. Ah. So, so, so that's why I'm saying bad habits. I start yeah. to, you know, find myself trying mm-hmm. to rise above mm-hmm. 
you know, the person I'm interacting with in that illusory way mm -hmm. and, 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 and thinking I have some knowledge that I'm going to drop on them or some, or I know some things that I, that I need to impart on them, whether they're ready to receive them or not. And then that's what I mean by bad habits. Do so, I have your permission in the next 30 seconds to do a literally a 30 second one-off coaching session with you? Sure. Would you be willing to be vulnerable to Absolutely. that? Absolutely. If I were coaching you and, and the mics were not on, I would ask you, I said, Andy, would you be willing to let go of the binary, which is simply good and bad? Mm -hmm. And I get the sense that you would because you want to be an effective communicator. That is clear. So if, if, if we say and look at something and go, that is a bad habit, it leads you down a path. If we say that's a habit or that's a behavior mm -hmm. and that habit or behavior is likely to have a negative outcome for that person, it completely changes the shape of the conversation. Would you be willing to, to, to withdraw this word bad from your lexicon? Yeah, absolutely. Bingo. Boom. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. So, so for your healthcare professionals who are getting the trainings and AHEC and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. Ultimately, when you drill down to the core, at the end of the day, they've went to med school, they went to wherever, you know, nursing, they've invested so much mm -hmm. uh, to have this expertise. The cherry on top ultimately is this piece of communication where uh, I, I, I guarantee there's a continuum of your healthcare professionals where some people are, are listening, nodding their heads going, yep, got that. I, I completely agree. And others are going, this is bullshit. People just need to listen to me because I'm a doctor. Like that's the mm -hmm. continuum that we're on. Right. People, the, the consumer doesn't know who you are as a doctor, which end of the continuum. Right. Right. So you bring it, you bring what you have that day. I yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, another word that, you know, so, I won't say it, but the opposite of good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I give a high five. I just gave him a high five. Okay. So, but, but yeah, and yeah. I just said, but, and, and that was the word <laughs> yes. that I was going to say. Okay. I'm also trying to remove and used and, ah. you know, cause that's such a thing, uh, a, a connector, the conjunction. Yes. Of collaborating. It, it's so aligning. You, yes. So you say, I, I see this and, and I see that ah. instead of, I see this, but, right. cause, but all of a sudden puts people on their heels. It's a power know? struggle. Yeah. But, but tells people. Here's the schematic. Mm -hmm. Eat these meals or take this medicine. Do, do this thing and you'll get your positive outcome. Mm -hmm. It's it's a power. Power struggles are so subtle. Mm -hmm. Like I will tell you, and this is why I articulated before that, power struggles are the number one enemy of effective communication. Mm -hmm. Why do people do them? Because they think they're right. They think that's the way to get the outcome. Right. And I think, and, and that's, and that comes back, that comes back to the bias thing. Too. Yes. Yeah. Cause yes. conscious bias isn't about necessarily, uh, what the person looks like. It's just right. where you see them in your, right. in, in your, uh, calculus of who you are, who you right. see yourself as. What is important to you? Like, this, like say you were a doctor. And I was cajoling you. Mm -hmm. What is, what is important to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, is it the outcome for this patient over twenty years? Mm -hmm. It is the outcome tomorrow. Like, what is important? And ultimately, I'm just shaking the tree there, of course. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what important is is modification or improvement of a behavior set. And as we know. Asking or working with people to modify things, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And different people, like for example, some people are raised um, 
in terms of respect. Some people are raised to challenge authority. That's how you demonstrate respect. Other people are told you be quiet and just listen to authority. That's how you demonstrate respect. Mm -hmm. They're polar opposites. Right. That's just one example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that brings me that brings me to another concept that I've really become highly aware of in a very high resolution way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, these these tools have helped me uh, establish and set a whole lot better and enforce and establish consequences or 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 to mm-hmm. enforce consequences. Okay. Uh, and that is boundaries. Ooh, okay. And so boundaries is something that. Um, I didn't have a lot of, okay. and I had trouble setting and enforcing for my kids, mm-hmm. but I'm actually made a conscious effort to mm-hmm. um, put up established boundaries, mm-hmm. and when they are crossed, enforce them mm-hmm. and provide consequences for those who have mm-hmm. crossed. So ultimately, including some, myself. Okay. And so what I'm hearing you say is that at some at one point in time, you said for me, I want, I want my children to be successful and experience a wonderful life mm-hmm. as adjusted, well-adjusted people and adults. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, I should have these better boundaries. Is that, was that your process? Yeah. And I don't want them to to have make the same mistakes I've made by lack of boundaries. So, so in your own words, what do you want for them to do? I want them to understand and set healthy boundaries for themselves and understand when other people set boundaries Beautiful. that they, that they respect and Beautiful. honor. Them. So you want them to set um, boundaries uh, t- in order to achieve what? To be great human beings. Ah, okay. To be great human beings. There you go. And what? Who can argue with that? Right. Well, where's the power struggle there? Right. <laughs> There's, no. There's no power struggle. Yeah. And also to be able to be effective communicators and right. have healthy relationships with other other humans. Right. And like, like you're saying, you're you're 52. That's been your journey. If someone 10 years ago had artificially tried to shoehorn that in, you probably would have resisted. There probably would have been a power struggle. And I, and I do think that for your healthcare professionals, that is a constant uh, challenge for them, which is how to impact people without getting into a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, do you simply just share information? Do you call them to action? Like, what's the, the most effective thing? And so what it comes down to, there's no one way to do it. Right. I think everyone knows that. And what I'm pitching... Besides this quote unquote selling the book is read the book task performance based communication because what you can do is start using those four tools as a way to cut through that debate. Mm-hmm. Simply cut through it. Like for example, do you know why people who um, let's say someone's eighty pounds overweight and have they have a couple of kids, whatever, and you're a doctor and you're you're trying to 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 help them. Uh, they're pre diabetic and you're trying to help them be more healthy. People, just like you, in your example, people will move mountains for their children. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And just yesterday, I was talking with the weight management clinic director, okay. yeah. and he shared a story, a self-referral, okay. 80 pounds overweight. Ah. He just, you know, it's amazing how these things collide. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and his reasoning for coming to see him is like, we went to Yosemite. We were started to do a hike and I couldn't do it. Oh and my, my children and grandchildren went up and did the hike and I couldn't do it. Oh. I had to sit there and watch them go off in the distance. 
I right. got goosebumps. Right. right now. Just listening to this. So, story. and you said mountaintop, and oh, that's wow. exactly what he wanted yes. to do. Oh, and so goodness. he was motivated by wanting to do better mm-hmm. by himself, you know, mm-hmm. for himself, but also be there and, and share that those moments with his children and grandchildren. So, yeah. So ultimately, what do you do if someone hasn't had that experience? They're sitting in your office, you're doing some motiva- motivational interviewing, mm-hmm. and you're just not getting the traction. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find that shiny object yeah. that they respond to, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you know, if they don't have social connection, that's a tough thing. Right. If mm-hmm. What is it in their lives that gives them joy, that gives them you know, purpose, meaning, whatever. It Let's is. say you got a super resistant client. Let's make it hard on us right now. Yeah, and, right. You're, and you're the client, you're the patient, right? And I'm the doctor. I'm sitting there and I'm going, what? I don't, I'm not getting any traction. I'm mm-hmm. doing a great job of MI, but I'm not getting the traction. Ultimately, here's the question. M- Mr. Jones, Miss Jones, whoever. I see you right in front of me. You're in my office. I'm not in your house. Mm-hmm. You got up this morning. You made the arrangements. You got here. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to share with me why you did that? Mm. See, ultimately, that you're piercing all the way to the core. Right. But what I'm letting go of is the power struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm honoring that Miss Jones can tell me to go F off, mm-hmm. that she's not going to change. Okay. But something in her got her there. I'm not in your house. You're in my house. <laughs> I w- and here's the key is I would love compassion i would love to hear why Mm -hmm. and so here's the key word okay this is the word that separates people from compassion fatigue for those who are not compassion fatigued and here's and it's an action word you'll like it the word is authenticity Mm -hmm. if you are mailing it in you're probably going to be less effect a lot less effective if you're going through the motions you're going to be less effective. Authenticity combined with the tools that we're talking about today mm-hmm. will guide you, I think. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, most of the way. Well, and I think that's a, it's a beautiful word and it's a beautiful yeah. concept. And it's very hard for a lot of us to be authentic because we do have this narrative about who we are. And we do have... You're so right. We, we have a, a, you know this concept or this construct about the role we're playing in this dynamic, right? So I, you're a patient, I'm the doctor. So I have this, you know, I have this uh, role that I have been told is great and is respected and that this person mm-hmm. sitting across from me is going to listen to everything I a good say. Do- a good doctor, she or he will likely say to us in this conversation, I learn from my patients. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And even though they're technically expert and they have all these things, there's still an opportunity to be humble and to express authenticity. Now, you're, it's a brilliant observation you just made that there's an intersection between authenticity and the narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what comes to mind, not to get too heavy of a subject, but, you know, 16 shots, the movie, the situation in Chicago where officer, uh, shot a person to death 16, t- 16 times and 16 bullets. And the, the long and short of it is this person uh, was walking with a knife. There were officers that there are 10 officers following this person. Uh, do you know the story? Are you familiar I with it? Sort of. I didn't see it. It set that. Chicago on its ear. It, it was a major turning point on, on, you know, it's a horrible tragedy, but it was a major turning point on uh, 
elevating uh, community policing in Chicago. Anyway, um, 10 officers were following this person doing textbook what they were supposed to be doing called in for backup they called in for a taser because no one had a taser mm -hmm. they knew the guy didn't need to be killed but he had a knife they couldn't just you know wrestle with him because he had a knife anyway this one officer shows up he, I, 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 he may have been a sergeant or some some level up mm -hmm. and showed up and and just jumped out of the car and shot the guy mm -hmm. now my point in that is and 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 i, and I don't want to get too far into it because i'm not an expert on the situation i wasn't there but what I can tell you in my, my decades of work is it's likely that that person, officer, driving up had a narrative. Mm -hmm. When he got the, you hear the call, man with a knife walking down the street, we need help, man with a knife. In his head, he was thinking, not on my watch. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping my community safe. Right. Like there was something, I, again, I don't know what it was, mm -hmm. but there was something that was driving his narrative that when it came time to deploy the behavior, the behavior was, 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 um, was um, shooting this person. Horrible tragedy, but it, it goes to, the, the, it's the danger of just saying, Oh, be authentic and everything will be okay. No, because that guy was probably very authentic going, I'm going to protect my community and my men and my women. Right. You know? But no, that didn't, that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Because the first rule of task is treat everyone with dignity and respect. So someone shows up to your office as a doctor and they just look homeless. Mm -hmm. You treat them the same exact way that you treat a CEO or a president of some business. Mm hmm. Now, if I nanny cammed your session, I wouldn't be able to tell. If I couldn't see the person, I just looked at you as the doctor, I should not be able to tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's when you're 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 getting ten hits out of every ten at bats. Well, I think I think authenticity <laughs> also needs to imply the humanity. Yes. I mean, that's what dignity and respect yes. is all about, is treating others. Hey, we're right. just humans. At the end of the day, you, right. Well you we have, have to this. align. You have to align your own internal construct with the contract of the community. So for example, again, I'll just one more time on the officer thing is you talk to any police officer, they'll tell you some version of the same thing. Man, I just want to get through the day and get back home safely to my family. Right, right. That's cool. That is authentic. Yeah. So now it's about, okay, let's align the tools of task to help you do that. Right. And ultimately, if that one officer had held to the tools of task, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be having this piece of the conversation. Right, right. And that person would not have gone to, to prison. Right, right. Well, that person was killed. To come back to, you know, how I've seen these tools play out. I mm -hmm. mean, I, you know, we we uh, just recently had a hackathon kickoff uh, this beginning of this week and I shared this is a slide with task on it that nice. I shared with them because you know here we were getting ready to break into multidisciplinary teams mm -hmm. outside of our normal work groups um, on novel projects that no one even knew what they were because okay. they were going to come up with the ideas in those work groups. So um, could have gone really wildly out of control. Stuff started, you know, would could start flying around the room, and okay. people start hating each other, and, mm -hmm. and fights breaking out. Or, you know, give them enough reminders and tools. Because mm -hmm. I, I covered uh, seven habits of highly. Sure. Yeah, I went mm -hmm. through Covey stuff, mm -hmm. and, and you begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And the the you know uh, synergies yeah. versus compromise. You know those kind of things, and and also brought up tasks. Beautiful. And, and, and you know because. 
is just a reminder. And even if just one little nugget mm-hmm. stuck, yep, that's right. If someone started raising their voice because they it. were, mm-hmm. you know, they were excited about their idea, but it mm-hmm. wasn't going down, they could they might say, okay, well, let me mm-hmm. let me get back to e- equal equilibrium mm-hmm. and, and alignment with everyone in this room. When someone, you know, appears angry, what I encourage people to do is to think about it like that person's activated. Because angry ultimately is a judgment on your own part. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know if they're angry or not. Right. They might be passionate about healthcare, for example, and they just look angry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So but but they're activated. And when you ask someone about the positive intention behind why they're activated, people love to tell you that mm-hmm. because they can sense that you're trying to understand them. And people want a line. People want to be effective communicators, mm-hmm. even when they're not. Mm-hmm. Well, you said something <laughs> when you did the scenario with the patient and the yeah. doctor. Uh-huh. The first thing you said is, I see you. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes, that's all the difference it makes is like, yeah. I'm be, you see, I'm right yeah. here. Sometimes people feel invisible. Yeah. Or even better, you know, better articulation if I'm coaching doctors. I think I see you. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's what I think I right. see. Would you share with me? Am I accurate? Yeah. No, that's perfect. I really want to see you. Like, I want to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's authentic. It's authentic and it's also vulnerable. The, 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 people think vulnerable is sort of a passive word. Vulnerable is really just the word just means to be open. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I that's interesting because I've always been... Uh, quick to self-deprecate, mm-hmm. and I think that okay. was an attempt mm-hmm. at showing my vulnerability okay. in hu- using humor. Okay, and what I've realized, or what I've grown into, um, with some uh, really good relationships I've had ra- lately, um, is being vulnerable mm-hmm. is really being very authentic, it's very active, isn't it? Very, it's actually yeah. very active. Yes, it is. So you you open up. What and, were you letting go of? I, I I just I think just letting walls break down, you wow. know, letting defenses of my narrative wow. dissolve and say, well, you know, I've been saying this story this way mm. for a long time, and that was that that was part of my identity, mm-hmm. and now I'm looking at it differently and saying. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not who I am. Yeah. It's blocking you. Or, yeah, it wasn't yeah, protecting you. Yeah, you thought it was, it was protecting. Blocking, it was blocking you. It was a wall, not only for others, <laughs> right. but it was a wall for my own personal that's growth. That's right. That's so right. being vulnerable is breaking those walls down and yep. letting mm-hmm. your heart spill out mm-hmm. and and letting people see it, people who care about you, and letting them give you feedback and being able to accept feedback. You know, and that was an internal power struggle that you had. You, you At one point, you probably didn't even realize you were having that, that power struggle. If, as a reminder for your listeners, I would say that letting go, and, and, and I see this a lot with my coaching, that people struggle to let go because they feel like it's being passive. And I remind people that letting go of a power struggle is actually a very active intervention mm-hmm. it's 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 like the negative space in music the the, the, the space between notes communicates something mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. allows for something and the space between notes allows you to articulate the values and the tools of task 
mm-hmm. where if you're busy defending and power struggling, there's not as much, there's no room for task. Right, right. Well, yeah, letting go sometimes is hard because it's part yes. of who we think we are. It's a part of that identity. Yeah. And even, yeah. you know, in the healthcare setting, some people's afflictions is who they are because it gives them something to talk about it and it gives them reasons for their family Mm -hmm. to be involved with them because oh i'm I'm, you know i'm sick i need you know Mm -hmm. this is the time for y'all to come around and tell me how much you care about me and that's really you know i I really don't want to get better because i'm loving all this attention it's a very interesting observation i'm sure a lot of your listeners are like yep i know that person yeah and i you know i've i've been around uh, you know various family members who, who who that was their identity, was mm-hmm. their illness. Mm-hmm. And they would, you know, whatever the illness du jour was, mm-hmm. they, they were convinced they had it. Right. And that was their identity, was the victim of these these things just mm-hmm. trying to attack them all the time. Right, that was that was their cachet. That was, the, that was their commodity mm-hmm. that they were able to trade. Um, and, you know, with, with all of your constituents, you know, people have a reason for doing what they're doing. And if you pierce some of the outer layers and get to at the core of why they're doing it, 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 it creates a, a very dynamic and I think cathartic towards positive outcome conversation. If the, the interviewer or questioner, the, the professional is open mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, I think that's right. And yeah. you just said something, you know, the, the outcome again, I mean, the the outcomes as back to Stephen Covey, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you don't want win lose because if you win and someone right. loses, there's still a loser in the world. Mm-hmm. And if that loser is your partner, you have to sleep with them mm-hmm. that night. You have to wake up and you you slept with the loser, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 the the task tools help you create those win win. Everybody's a winner. That's right. right. Everybody that, that has to be that way. So my That's outcome is my desired outcome is to get what I want, mm-hmm. but also uh, enroll others yep. to appreciate what I want or to benefit. It, from ma- it. it matters to you. Right. You know, and it matters is an important concept. It's probably if I take the words, these it matters and talk to 50 CEOs of corporations, it can be a startling reminder. Like if you think back in the days when when companies were polluting rivers Mm -hmm. and doing all sorts of misbehavior in the boardrooms type of thing, I can guarantee you that at some point it didn't matter. But ultimately, this this phrase, it matters, gives you an opportunity to to layer in your, your own vision picture well what matters mm-hmm. is it for for you guys it's healthcare. what but like i imagine wellness mm-hmm. like wellness is probably the thing that you all are are the dynamic energy you're trying to impact is the right. wellness of people the wellness of the community of winston-salem whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah that's what matters mm-hmm. well say it yeah lean into it because well, you know what that ain't a power struggle right. who's gonna argue with it right. well, <laughs> yeah for a long time and this goes back to questioning your narrative. And for a long time, we we at AHEC, sure. which is, you know, we, we deliver, we're the experts in delivering continuing education to healthcare sure. professionals, among other service lines. But uh-huh. that's our primary, uh, you know, most of our energy goes towards that. And we've always said, you know, 
Um, if someone had a family emergency or if someone had to, mm-hmm. you know, do this or do that, it was like, well, you know, at the end of the day, no one's on the operating table mm-hmm. dying. Right. You okay. know, but I questioned that. I was like, okay. you know, indirectly, maybe we do save lives. Mm-hmm. So what we do does matter. Mm-hmm. And it just really changed my mind shift about right. how I add value every day when I come into work, how I sure. seek continuous improvement, mm-hmm. how I look for things that can be improved and most mm-hmm. importantly how i communicate with mm-hmm. those who are having trouble navigating our their customer journey through our space and when i get a call i'm no longer annoyed like oh god you, you don't know where to click to sign in you know i'm like right. oh i'm here i'm gonna help you wow okay. i love At that the end of this call we're gonna make sure yeah you amazing. have your certificate yep. or you've gotten access to that right. test or whatever because right. ultimately the challenge i think not to get too granular uh, down this rabbit hole, but I'm known to jump into rabbit holes, which is, you know, uh, AHEC is, is often can be about compliance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people need to have boxes and check those boxes. I've had oh, requ- sure. the requisite number of hours of whatever. I don't have an argument with that, but I do say for people like yourself and why I'm so excited to be here and to see what you're doing. If you put a doctor or a nurse practitioner or whomever in front of a speaker for an hour, three hours, whatever number, Make it valuable to a man. Right, right. You know, make it so that when they walk out of it, they go, man, I dreaded coming in here mm-hmm. because I got stuff to do that's very important work with, with clients right. and, and patients. But you know what? I'm walking out of here with more than I came in. Mm-hmm. That's your job, man. Yeah. Well, that, you know, <laughs> talking about different models, sure. that, you just said that. And I was like, the Kilpatrick model okay. was one of the ones I said. And so was it engaging and relevant? Love it. Love and, it. And, you know, something that... I, 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 when, I, when I give seminars, uh, you say there's 50 people in a room. I say, raise your hand if you, you woke up this morning, the alarm went off, and the first thought you had was, shit, I got to go to this training. <laughs> Hands go up! It's hilarious! They don't yeah, even know. Yeah. I haven't even done the thing where I have the charisma yet. Yeah. They, they're like, it's me, it's me, I thought that! They love it. They, they rat themselves out. It's great. But obviously, at the end of that, hopefully they yeah. walk out, raise your hand, you know, this yeah. was fantastic. You got something out of it. Yeah. Man, that's where the action is at. Yeah, because I, I, you know, and I see that with my kids in their in their school. Yeah, you know, and they're like, I'm, "How was school? Oh, I was fine." Yeah. Well, you know, and I don't leave it at that anymore. Yeah. I used to. I'm like, okay. "Okay, well, good. Nothing bad happened." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, nothing that they reported. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know about yet. <laughs> right. Underreported. But then I'll ask, you know, I'll ask. Uh, so, what was the most exciting thing to happen yeah. today, or what what yeah. energized you, or what did yeah. you learn that you mm-hmm. didn't know before you woke up, or yeah. after, you know, as soon as you woke Why? up? Why? Because it matters, it matters to you. Yeah. It matters that you have this relationship mm-hmm. and that's part of your, your schematic. Yeah. And, and so I, I, it's interesting to see the ways that teachers are trying to engage their students because mm. they know what they're competing with. They're competing with that PS4 at the kid's house. You know, they, oh, they yeah. want to jump on Fortnite or, yeah. or, or GTA 5 or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. putting the headset on and they're collaborating. They're communicating with their groups. Mm-hmm. And, and so even the, you know, even in that environment, you know, they're, well, number one, they're competing with that and they're having to communicate in a way probably that they didn't have to communicate with students when we were in yeah. elementary school mm-hmm. because these kids are talking with people all around the world. Right. They might ha- be talking to a 50 year old on one end and, right. a, you know, a teenager yeah. and, and just, you know, and, and they still have to communicate because they have a common mm-hmm. goal. 
and they are engaged and highly activated and all those things. And it's just hard to recreate that in a classroom. Well, maybe we can, you know, come in first off landing on this topic Mm -hmm. of the communication, because obviously the book is about communication. It's called, you know, task performance based communication on Amazon, you know, debating, you're just having the conversation with you. I would, my supposition is that we are living in the communication revolution and that it has two components. It's a technical component and then a human component. Mm-hmm. And I would argue the technical component is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, online access everywhere. We've got handheld devices. To your point, we have, you know, kids get to play games with people all around the world. These are all technological improvements that have been hyper speed mm-hmm. here's what has not here's right you see where i'm going with that yeah, yeah, here's yeah. what has not kept pace human behavior. the ability for human beings to effectively communicate right. with each other that's why i wrote the book mm-hmm. yeah very good i mean it, it couldn't have been more timely i think well back to the word activation and and you know, I don't see how we can soft land on the whole communication aspect. It's pretty much. <laughs> Is it a hard landing? It's a hard landing. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, the, the word activation. Yes. I mean, we get people activated on Facebook through through political posts, sure. and people are just highly ah. You know, sure, they're activated. Oh, they're just, yeah, they're uh-huh. activated. Yes. They're activated in okay. dating apps when sure. they meet someone. <gasps> yeah, ooh, just in a whole different way. Okay, yeah, and and. People have to, you know, these are great tools for people to to uh, ground themselves, to to baseline, so that mm-hmm. they don't use the activation and make mistakes. If they, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you want your outcome is to win the game mm-hmm. or to meet the person mm-hmm. or to have a dialogue, mm-hmm. not just a debate and an argument, mm-hmm. that to apply mm-hmm. communication tools to yeah. user activation. Mm-hmm. And, and do it positively and say, I, yeah. I want to, I want to learn something from you. Mm-hmm. Why you posted this that enraged me while I was enraged, why I think it was, you know, mm-hmm. probably off base. And maybe I'll learn something in the process. I will tell you the hard landing, soft landing here <laughs> that your observation from our first session together, that assuming positive intention is the shiny object in terms of onboarding people to task i would say that's true like like it's a sophisticated concept to be able to say i'm activated about this this and this but i understand that this other person is doing something that they believe to be right Mm -hmm. whether they recognize that they're being inappropriate Mm -hmm. or breaking the law or whatever it is that's happening Mm -hmm. regardless of that there's an intention behind it and it, what it does basically is it slows your role. Mm-hmm. It slows down the cascade of thoughts that you have in your head to keep you more productive, keep you focused on performing with your communication mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than just taking a bad swing at the plate. Mm-hmm. You're actually still taking a good swing. So even though you're activated or the other person's activated, your swing is still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at all times. That's the <laughs> that's the shiny object to me. Yeah. As a trainer, that's the shiny object. Right. Now I want to <laughs> I want to touch on some of your experience in in the mental health realm. And I, you know, I've in a former life I was married to a social worker, child protective social worker too. And, okay, and she dealt with people, and I'm sure all it happens in a lot of healthcare scenarios. Sure. She dealt with people who lied all the time, and when 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 you know someone is just 
looking you in the eye and telling you a they lie. They don't feel they're lying. That's the thing. They're not in their mind. They're not lying. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you, and you're like going, "Oh man, I thought I, I thought I had a linear line here with this." And it's like, no, they're in their mind, they're not liars. Well, well, you got, you got, I, well and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm dealing with this. I have an 18 year old uh, daughter. Who okay, I would consider pathological. Okay, it seems like when I ask her a question, she's not lying. Okay. I, I'm actually, I'm, but I love this. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm creating some dissonance with yeah, you. Yeah. But, but um, here's the challenge. Okay. What is she doing? What is her positive intention by telling you a series of events that are actually not factual? Well, she probably wants me to be proud of. Oh, 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 okay. You say that like, oh, she probably wants me to be proud. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? <laughs> like that's epic. Like if your daughter wants you to be proud, that's cachet, man. You can well, write checks on that. Well, she wants she wants to say what she thinks I want to hear. Right, right. So you know, at some level, it's it's the whole conversation. Of course, needs to slow down right. so that you have room to be able to say, "Baby, I am mm-hmm. so proud of you." Mm-hmm. And there are certain times where it just feels like. It feels to me like you're telling me what you think I want to hear. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm much more interested in our authentic relationship. You're an adult now. Like, I want to have this lifelong relationship with you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm not sure what to do with that. <laughs> See, I'm keeping her empowered. Yeah. If I'm you, I'm keeping her empowered. Right. I'm not sure what to do about that. Can you help me? Yeah, I'm not correcting. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. You've already got the win there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've already got the win. Right. Right. So in a healthcare setting. Keep going. Um, you know, when, when a social worker yeah. or mental health professional is like, so tell me about your week. Well, I didn't use or I didn't drink. And they did, right? And they did. Yeah, same, same rule applies. Okay. They, yeah, same rule applies. You could argue like, oh, they just don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Like when someone tell, yeah, I tell you the groups, the counseling groups that I've done over the years. So I don't. If I got a group of people who they're court mandated, mm-hmm. and they're there, like some therapists are like, "Ooh, I don't want to do that because they're not that the motivation." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care why they're there. Right? They're there. Yeah. Let's have a convo. Yeah, yeah. Let's engage them. Yeah. yeah. So if someone is there, there's that. That's a statement. They're making a statement like it's important to me. And then they fill in the blank. I don't know what that blank is to stay out of trouble, mm-hmm. to uh, not go back to jail. Well, here's a news flash: if you really want to not go back to jail, don't use. Right. Okay. That we did that. I'm, that's just my bias. Yeah. Like that's my schematic. What's your schematic? Mm-hmm. How does it work for you? Oh, I tell stories. <laughs> I come. I come to group and I tell stories. Okay. That that's where you are. Mm-hmm. So authentically, how do you want your relationships to look? As you know, behavior change, especially substance abuse behavior change, it is not a linear, it's not likely to be a linear path. Mm-hmm. It's a maze of corridors and, and, and elevations and mm-hmm. struggles. And that's, that's just part of what it is. So as a professional and the people that you're working with in AHEC, if they're looking at it like, hey, this should be more linear, that's that's what I would call a power struggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that could be the same thing for any lifestyle modification sure. uh, problem or thing or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. And I think we've already established today power struggles are the enemy of effective communication. communication right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>
High five. High five. Gotcha. <laughs> well, dang. Okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> well, tell me. Let's let's yeah. uh, let's move. Yeah. Take a different tack. So, tell me where you've been since we talked, and and who you see. I know you've seen pic. I've seen pictures of you with some celebrities, and <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know you're doing your your the full Timmy one minute. So you, video. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at the. Full to me. That's all one word. The full and to me is spelled T O O M Y, and that's probably where I guide people to go because I also have another Instagram. You don't want to see me on a beach somewhere or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I post on both places, but um, I'm, like I told you before, I, because I've made my way in business as a clinician and a business owner and a leader. I've hired over twenty five hundred people in my career, so coaching people. Um, I've done that. So now this idea that, that how can I have a positive impact on this myself, my family, my community, my country, the world, mm-hmm. the right. way the, the way that I've chosen to do this is through this book mm-hmm. and having these conversations. I will have this conversation with with anyone who wants to have it. Mm-hmm. In terms of where I've been, in terms of, of of working with people and coaching business owners you know i'm working with people who are former olympians people who've uh, served our country in special forces or coming out and starting businesses you know I, i'm again i'm very choosy about who i want to spend my time with and that's just the luxury that i get to have mm-hmm. uh in terms of task and it, that i take a much different approach which it's like an ion uh, uh propulsion engine it's just one little ion at a time that over time is to build some momentum that that's the marketing approach that i'm taking to it rather than a shiny object glitzy yeah, yeah. you know shove it down your throat funnel system in social media i i think that if something works it will connect with people and i will talk with anyone anywhere anyhow about the material and i, and I often do that yeah well you know your, your enthusiasm, like I said, is palpable and it's cool. enthusiastic. And, and I know that uh, task has worked for me. And, and I love I'm, to hear I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to continue to uh, thank you to to evangelize. And, uh, yeah, and, and I love it. it I tell people try and break it. Yeah, break it and then call me and tell me how it broke because I tried to break it for years before I unleashed mm-hmm. it to the public because right. I don't want to give something that, that that doesn't work in all situations. Yeah, task works tell me how it does and i will listen i promise that's right well <laughs> before we sign off let's yeah. just go through go through the acronym sure, one more time sure task Ta- the the t stands for treat people with dignity and respect at all times boom <laughs> a the a stands for assuming positive intention again whether people are violating the law being inappropriate, whatever you want to call, uh, they are doing it for a reason they believe is well-intended, the right, from their perspective, the right reason. Assume positive intent. S, strength. People have strength. They are trying to deploy those strengths and solutions. And K is keep others empowered because ultimately people are trying to deploy their strengths to solve their problems. So if you can look to empower them, it creates a sense of alignment. Boom. That's right. Well, Thomas Reed, the fool to me. I love you, man. I appreciate you coming love back you too, on. Man. And Thank I hope you, you have, hope to have you back once again, many thank, times. Thank you for having me. And I love you right back, bro.